This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel, joined by David McDonald. It is Saturday the 20th of August 2022. This is episode 223. Discussing our uh, stress relief tips behind the curtain, off the off the air as I was telling you about my stomach ulcer problems and you are telling me about your hangover. Happy days on the Super Jcast. We are, we're a bunch of old men, a bunch of old crabby men just trying to get through life. <laughs> Yeah, a uh, little, little, I didn't, uh, you know, I had a couple of adult beverages last night. Mm. Boy, do I, am I hung over today. <laughs> and I told Joel when we were scheduling to do this show, a very important show, by the way. Um, I was trying to get my schedule and his schedule to align. And what a fucking nightmare to- that was. <laughs> it's like trying to get the planets <laughs> to align. Jesus Christ. It really was. It really was. It was terrible. I was like, oh. Uh, but one of the provisions I said, I can't do this day because I'm going to have people over and I might, you know, go out, whatever. Uh, and then we can't do Saturday morning. So no, I'll be fucking hungover. But then Joel, it, 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 in in great flexibility, made it later. So I, so I, you know, I, I turned out. I didn't have to wake up the crack of dawn. That's no, good. Uh, Esther went to sleep about half an hour ago, so hopefully it'll work out perfectly. Until Arthur starts hammering on the door and <laughs> doing a run-in, we'll, we'll be all right. But uh, yeah, there uh, you go. I was, uh, all refreshed. You know, this is a good time for me. This is uh, nine o'clock on a Saturday evening. Looking forward to watching the Arsenal game later. Um, well, I was gonna, <laughs> I, I was gonna say I'm relaxed and refreshed because I went for a Thai massage last night. Have you ever had a, a Thai massage? Like one of the deep tissue ones. Uh yeah, when I was in Bali. Yeah. yeah. Did like, you like it? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I do. I try and get them from time to time. It's not, I mean, it's basically like doing two hours with Zack Sabre Jr. You know, you got like a sort of <laughs> middle-aged Thai woman grinding her elbows and knees into your, your flesh for yeah, an hour really? and a bit. And I'm sort of lying there trying to sort of not tap, basically. And then she's asking me in Thai, like, oh, do you have my leg? Does that hurt? And I'm like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> But usually, like, that's fine. That's that's part of the experience, and I usually feel great afterwards. But uh, <laughs> when I when I went for mine last night, and this is a story, I don't, I still haven't decided whether or not I was going to tell it. But I suppose I've started now. You're telling it now. I've got to continue. You're fucking telling uh, it. An embarrassing incident with uh, me losing control of my bodily fluids during this match. Oh no! Yeah. Oh my goodness! I made quite the mess. <laughs> At the Thai massage place, right? So, uh, during, during about halfway through the massage, this lady tells me to turn over, so I'm face down, right? And um, I have a dust allergy, so when my face was like basically close to the floor at this point in the massage, then the dust starts going up my nose, and oh. I sneezed a couple of times, and I was like, okay, well, this is not a big deal. I, I sneezed, it's fine, but then. I realized over the next couple of minutes that <laughs> there was snot dripping out my nose and my face was inches away from this sort of growing puddle of mucus <laughs> on, on the the, uh, the mattress underneath me. And I was like, oh, right. fuck, what, <laughs> what am I going to do? So, I, you know, I didn't want to say 
excuse me, I've snotted all over the bed here. Can I go and get some tissues? <laughs> I, I, I did want to say, I didn't want to stop the battle. I was like, have you got any tissues? Because that would sound like I've done a cum in my pants, which I hadn't. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I was thinking, what am I going to do? I was like, my mind was racing. And now this is what was supposed to be a relaxing experience. has turned into one of the most <laughs> stressful experiences. So I was thinking, you know, can I sort of lean over, grab my trousers, and maybe try and mop up my snot <laughs> with my trousers? Uh, right. Should I sort of stop and say, I need to go to the toilet and try and get some tissue and come back? And uh, so... I was just <laughs> trying to wrap through all these wild scenarios in my head of how I'm going to clean up the mess without her noticing. And then uh, it, I, I, I couldn't decide. I, was, I couldn't think of a, a plan. And then she said, okay, turn over and I'll massage your head. And so I jumped on that opportunity, just flipped over and sat right in my puddle of snot and just sort of shuffled my bum around to uh-huh. try and mop up the snot <laughs> with my bum. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought yeah. was a good outcome. I took that as a win. <laughs> right? That, that, and she, did, you, did it work? I think so. I mean, she didn't say anything. I don't, th- to be fair, if she had noticed it, would she have said anything? I don't know. But <laughs> it was better than my other planned ideas of picking up the snot in my hands. Are you, you're completely naked, right? No, no, no. We're in pajamas. Like, oh. they, they give you a little, oh, okay. yeah, they give you um, a little shirt and trousers to put on. Oh my God. So, yeah, so awesome. there was probably a big, big sticky patch of snot on the, the backside of those pajamas. I don't know what oh, they were thinking. Oh, she definitely thinks. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what they think. Yeah. This fucking guy came <laughs> on our table. <laughs> You know that's what they're thinking. You know the conversation was that motherfucker. Well, at least wow. they wouldn't be worried about COVID then. <laughs> if it's not, no. everything. Oh God, I'm going to have to go get a test. No, we just have some British guys jizz all over us. Yeah, it's a uh, lot safer, sir. Then. What's that? It's much safer that way. Jizz is safer than snot <laughs> in the year of our Lord 2022. You can quote oh. that. <laughs> we'll make a T-shirt. Yeah. Come on. Wow, what a fucking time you had, Jesus! I just got—I <laughs> did not have an experience like that. Thank God. Although, I, like, I—I I did have a massage, and it was the most horrible experience of my life. I've told you the the the, the Bali story, right? The, the massage story. If you have, I can't remember it. Can you refresh my memory? Uh, they gave me these super tiny. Uh, boxer briefs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They made they 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 showered me, and I got a boner <laughs> while yeah. she was on her hands and knees, Found right it. by my cock. Well, what do they expect? <laughs> I, was, I know, and I just what shrugged my shoulders. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> right. I literally shrugged my shoulders and was like, huh? <laughs> sorry. Um, and then they they ran a bath for me, but and then I went into the bath and all the water spilled over the side. <laughs> And so I had to, so now I'm, I'm like, like almost there's water everywhere. And so I, I grabbed towels. You're sitting there with a boner. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sopping up the, this, this water with all the towels and she comes in and I'm naked. And I'm just, and I'm just, you know, she comes in and I'm, I'm sitting there. She's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm like, I got water everywhere. I don't know what to do. I'm going to tell me what to do. She goes, get back in the tub. <laughs> in her broken English. 
Oh, nice yeah, it was the worst experience. Massage, yes, everyone go and get oh. this. It's the, it's the worst. I'm never comfortable doing it. I always feel just like a big tub of shit that these people have to rub their hands on. Like, they don't want to fucking touch me. And uh, so, yeah, I do. It is it is an, an anxiety-filled time. Like, I, I don't relax in massages because I, I, I just feel very – you know what I'm always afraid of, though? I'm always Spines. afraid of the fucking f- – well, yes. No, ripping a fart. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she's on your back and she's just like, you know, and then, you know oh, what I mean? That's to be expected. That must happen all the time. It must, but I don't want it to happen to me. I mean, <laughs> right? if, you, if you're would... making like a, a hierarchy of undesirable incidents for uh, the, the masseuses, I, I don't, where would you rank fart, snot, and cum <laughs> and bonus? <laughs> <laughs> and are there any others that we've missed? I Shitting think your pants? That's... <laughs> Shit, your pants. Yeah, that would be terrible. Or yeah, you go in and you have like just like your stomach starts growling. You're like, oh no, this is not good. <laughs> this is this is not good. And then she's keep pushing on it, and then pfft, yeah, that'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> Ugh, I feel so bad for anyone that has to do that. Like that work because here's the here's the problem. I would say the majority of the time they're not like getting a hot guy or a hot girl. They're getting fucking me <laughs> scum like us <laughs> right just fucking ugh I, I'm sure they question like what the fuck am I going to massage on this guy he has no muscle tone there is zero muscle tone on this guy like what am I rubbing and I'm like I roll over <laughs> oil me up baby <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to the Super J cast everyone <laughs> New Japan yeah, Pro Wrestling Podcast <laughs> Now from our sponsors, yeah. HelloFresh, after the, <laughs> the bonus <laughs> not massage talk. Yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, I miss this. I miss this I miss this a lot uh, when, when you were away. You know, I'm not going to talk about fucking, you know, this kind of shit to Hanare, am I? Or Robbie Eagle, <laughs> right? That's not going to happen. Or maybe I could have. I should have. I should have asked Hanari, have you had any awkward massages? We've had a few questions about <laughs> Well, I don't know if it is Hanari oh. or not. So, uh, Spanahead says, would you like to see the Japanese return to their World War II masculinity era, or do you prefer Catboys? Uh, can you or Damon go six years without coming? Have you, by any chance, looked at the, the Primal Bro Instagram page, or Twitter page, for that matter? Is that the guy with all the muscles and he eats liver? No, it's not. No, I'm, I'm looking up. No. <laughs> so the primal bro is uh, primal advice for modern men to reclaim their masculinity. I'm assuming you haven't looked at this then. No. Okay, don't. Uh, let's move on. Let's continue with the podcast. <laughs> oh, really? Why? Why? What is it? What is it? Uh, you know what? Don't tell me. No. Don't tell me. No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> you, you look at it in your own time, and then we can have a conversation off the air about that. But if, if you know, you okay. know. All right, I don't know. So just send me the link. I'll look at it. Okay, I'm not going to do it now because we, no, no, no. we need to hear from our, our friends over at HelloFresh. I mean, what what a oh. couple of segues we've got there. Let's get out of the way before <laughs> I, I forget. Know. But I mean, there was there was quite a good one on, on uh, the Voices of Wrestling flagship where they're talking about, I, I think the segue was something along the lines of, well, HelloFresh have never made me shit my pants before. Take it away. <laughs> so we've come close to that, but uh, here we go. Here we go. Hey, everyone. HelloFresh, right? 
there are friends, there are partners, and we love them. Why? Well, with HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Uh, you can skip the trips to the grocery store. Count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why, as it says here on this piece of papa, it's not really a paper, it's on my phone. Uh, it's America's number one meal kit. That's what they're telling me. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned, in, I can't say pre-portioned today, pre-portioned ingredients to your door. Once again, I'll say including farm fresh produce that arrives within a week. So you get convenience without skimping on quality. Skip the trip to the grocery store, saving you uh, wait in long lines. Nobody likes a long line queuing up. No one likes that. Ensuring you don't waste money on excessive or uh, uh, excess food. Now, my second point that I want to make clear to you is, is that HelloFresh cuts back on time spent in the kitchen. Can I just interrupt, David? Around- I'm yeah. really enjoying the intonation and the enunciation of this ad read. You're doing a really fantastic job. Sorry, continue. Really? Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, as I was saying uh, about the kitchen with meals ready in around 30 minutes or less, uh, plus quick and easy meals, including 20-minute recipes. Look, low prep, easy cleanup. Come on. You know you want to do it. Look, here's what I want you to do. Go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW16. You're going to use that code, what? VOW16, of course for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts, right? So once again, HelloFresh.com slash VOW16. Use VOW16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. I don't know what else we can do to convince you to sign up with HelloFresh, fresh farm, farm fresh ingredients. Uh, save money, save time. You don't have to worry about what what's for dinner. Ugh, that fucking question. Guess what? HelloFresh.com is your answer. Comes right to your goddamn door. I mean, I don't know, you lazy bums. Right to your door. And then you're cooking away. I love it. I use it. It's good. Uh, once again, HelloFresh.com slash VOW16. Use the code VOW16. Get your free stuff. Get your... Uh, up to 16 free meals. You can't beat it. HelloFresh. All right, let's move on to the news for the week, Damon. And the big takeaway from the G1 Climax final in terms of news is that Wrestle Kingdom is going back to a one-night event. So we're getting Wrestle Kingdom at the Tokyo Dome, January 4th, New Year Dash, January Fish. Fish? January Fish? Fish? (laughs) From the Tsukiji Fish Market. (laughs) New Year Dash. (laughs) Sponsored by Tuna. Uh, no, <laughs> January the 5th. Um, how are we feeling about this? The the double dome gold dash is dead. Good. 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 I think I think uh, one of them was fine. When they went again, it was like, mm, I feel, I feel, you feel just like, you know, they're just trying to squeeze shit on a fucking show at that point. I like one show. Let's, let's, it makes that show important. Um, 
I think that's I think that's the best thing they could have done. Perfect, smart move. I agree. I enjoyed it for Wrestle Kingdom 14, even though it was a little bit forced. Wrestle Kingdom right. 15, the, the JY Ibushi Night, I think made zero sense. Like they <laughs> jumped the shark already after a year. Uh, and actually, I thought it sort of made the most kayfabe sense last year with the whole Osprey, Shingo, Okada thing. Then, you know, because Osprey never lost the title, it actually made sense then. But by that point, you know, it just felt a bit watered down. I'd rather have one night where, you know, these are the, the best matches, the best feuds. And, you know, if you don't make the cards, tough shit. Do better next year, you know. <laughs> have yep. better matches. Get yourself more over. So you you can't be left out of that. So, yeah, very excited to see WrestleMania going back to one night. Also, we have an announcement for uh, Royal Quest 2. We have Ooh. a pair of shows coming up in the United Kingdom. Which wow. will be taking place October the 1st. And October 2nd at the Crystal Palace National Sports Centre. So, first of all, I think Editor Dan is owed some free tickets for this one <laughs> after the verbal assault he got at the previous Royal Quest show. So, if anyone from New yes. Japan is listening, get in touch. We need to get Editor Dan Con with some tickets. Yes, he was he was assaulted, almost assaulted. He was verbally assaulted. Emotionally assaulted. And, uh, yes. Um, so, yes, I feel... well. Kevin Kelly says he, he's going to buy him a beer. I believe that was a, a, the deal. Um, he'd settle for that. <laughs> he'd settle for that. I know he would. Um, he, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of Dan. Uh, you know, I'll uh, or you or whatever. We'll we'll figure out something. We'll get somebody to uh, give him the hookup. He's the, he deserves it. Absolutely. Uh, Chris says, please speculate wildly on Royal Quest Two. I swear it's hard to pick. Really, I mean, what would be a, a suitable main event for this? Are we thinking. IWGP title match. Uh, we thinking like a briefcase defense. If if we're even doing that this year, what what sort of level of match are you hoping for here? Um, I, it would be nice to have a heavyweight title defense. Um, I think it'll be stacked versus Zach or something like that. That would be fun. That's what you know. What that's kind of like what what I'm leaning for, uh, or even like Will versus Zach. You know, <laughs> to defend the U.S. title on U.K. So, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I think that's the kind of level you'll get, and you, you might get like a multi-man tag. You know, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm just throwing a name out there, but you know, you could have some Bullet Club involvement there, and against like Naito because he's obviously not doing anything anymore for this company. <laughs> um, yeah, he's not going to be worming his way into Wrestle Kingdom. Well, actually, having said that, you never know. Never put it past him. But it's got to be right. It, you, that's what. That's the only thing I mean, I'm worried about when it comes to that Wrestle Kingdom. Is uh, we'll save that. We'll save that. We'll, we'll come on to that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, we got actually yes, quite a, so a the, few. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's going to be a good show. I think because th- here's the thing too. It's been a long time since they've rock and rolled. Uh, and this is kind of a makeup show because of the, you know, the pandemic causing troubles. So, yeah, I think they'll put their best foot forward for this. We have a few questions about this. Some people questioning the ambition here. So Rob says, is Royal Quest 2 a downgrade from 2019? Smaller venue, two nights, only with six-week notice. Five weeks after a Rev Pro weekend, only a month of ticket sales compared to five months in 2019. Feels more like a U.S. event. Fair assessment. And Antonio says, why New Japan 
uh, booking small buildings like the Crystal Palace Arena, the Palladium in New York City, or Odium Expo Center. Not big or uh, re- reasonable buildings like MSG, Now Arena, Wembley Arena, or Stamford Bridge, or hell, even Cooper Box, or Copper Box, rather, or Reasonable Arena in the regard, unlike the Harold May, where book bigger buildings. That's my first question. Second question, more of a question to you, Joel, with which, which with <laughs> end of NXT UK, do you see... New Japan going like they did in US. Do New Japan of UK, do you think that'll be likely given the end of NXT UK? And what's your thoughts on NXT Europe and how much that will affect New Japan and other promotions around Europe? Personally, don't think it affects anything because wrestling here in Europe is non-existent apart from the UK. Yes, I'm including Ireland in this category too and Germany. But what's your guys' thoughts, especially you, Joel, since we're both European? Now, uh, I think there'll be some talent who will be free now with the death of NXT UK. That's I think companies like RevPro will be looking to Hoover up. And if they are signed up by RevPro or work RevPro dates and do well, then with RevPro and New Japan working together, then certainly New Japan will be taking a look as well. So with RevPro sort of being an unofficial sort of feeder promotion for New Japan, I think that's, you know, I'm not saying there's suddenly we're going to be flooded with a load of new talent, but it's certainly more healthy than it was before with all these guys sitting on NXT UK contracts with their thumb up their asses doing nothing. So... I would say that's encouraging. Um, in terms of the, the size of these arenas, I mean, New Japan's not as hot as it was back then. We've yeah. talked about yeah, this before. Uh, AEW have eaten up their market share in the West. And if they ran bigger buildings, I don't think they'd sell the tickets. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you may have a better gauge of what kind of building size that is. But, yeah, I mean, you nailed it. I mean, that's. I mean, we can't try to make up excuses. That's That's it. It's just they're, they're, they wouldn't be able to sell tickets uh, at a at a um, enough pace to, to to make the rent, and that's really it. Um, but again, I still th- I, I do understand the fact that if nothing's announced, I don't. I they really do that a lot. <laughs> they they at least recently, like it just feels like wow. You know, we're a couple of weeks away, and, and there really is there's, there's no lineup. But again, I I can't imagine it being, you, you know, you're not just going to get watered down talent. You're going to get good stuff. And the the so the UK stuff. I mean, a lot of those guys, you know, that were released, they're you know mainstays in that British scene, and they, you know they were in Rev Pro before the you know the whole UK thing. So. I think they'll be welcomed back with open arms. Get to see that Flash Morgan Webster again, hopefully, right? I liked him. Um, but yes, uh, it's going to help uh, British indies for sure. All right, let's move on to the finals then of the Grade 1 Climax 32, which culminated with a triple header at the Nippon Budokan. The attendance for these three shows, we had uh, 3,227 for night 17, 3,179 for night 18, and 6,716 for the finals. So I think that finals night was healthier. I mean, the the first two were pretty rubbish, to be honest, but uh, they just missed out on their target. I think they were hoping to do 50K tickets altogether and just missed that by, it was like a couple thousand or something. Uh, so Multiverse Ace asks, Osprey said he wants to get New Japan out of the dark times. With attendance being down a bit, what do you think New Japan needs to do to gain a larger foothold in Japan and abroad? The Okada Panout shots highlighted a lot of empty or tarped off seats in Budokan. So your thoughts on the attendance? Is this a big problem for New Japan? 
I'll, you know, yes, I, I think it is. I do. Um, this is a flagship event. This is a, uh, you know, an important part of New Japan's calendar. And to have disappointing numbers like that, I mean, it's telling. I think some of it had to do with the way that the um, G1 was 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 laid out this year with the with the it felt like it had trouble gaining momentum so maybe fans fell off um i don't know but it is but again to me it's a little bit different than say like a of you know i don't know like a junior tag league show in cork you know that struggles um this is a little bit different. Again, this is a, this is one of their flagship events, and there should be people lining around the block. Um, so, yeah, I got to be honest, it is a little concerning to me. So the main event, of course, was the G1 Climax 32 final match, where the winner of the A block, Kazuchika Okada, defeated the winner of the D block, Will Ospreay, 33 minutes, 53 seconds, with the Rainmaker to win G1 Climax 32. What did you think of the match, David? Outstanding. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, favorite match of the tournament. Um, well, Osprey had a hell of a tournament. Let's, let's let's be real. He had a really solid tournament. Um, trust me, the matches I'm going to remember most are obviously the finals. Uh, I think the Okada Jonah match I'll remember, and ELP and and um, uh, Will and even Shingo Will, like. I, Nate, who had a better tournament than him? Yeah, I mean, there's a, a wider question to be had of New Japan rest of the year and even global rest of the year as it is. And yeah, he certainly stayed his claim there with just a, an outstanding match. I mean, the, the work was technically flawless. It was just incredible, you know, breakneck speed once they sort of cracked into the latter half of it. The, the storytelling of the match was obviously, it, it wasn't subtle, right? <laughs> Let's put it that way, with Osprey sort of cycling through all the moves of various uh, Bullet Club leaders in the park, people that he knows has beaten Okada trying to find a move that could put him away. Right. So it was very different to their Tokyo Dome match, which just felt like sort of two prize fighters going at it to see you know who's going to win the big belt. But this one was sort of more storyline-based and maybe like a touch gimmicky, uh, but it felt like the sort of thing that kayfabe Will Ospreay would actually do in the course of a wrestling match. So I, I know a lot of people were sort of thinking that, oh, you know, this is a bit cheesy, but I, I quite liked oh, it. I, I loved it. It was entertaining. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed the story of that. And I said on Twitter, it was, a, it was like a Marvel movie. So, you know, there was no subtlety to it. And it's very different to the sort of storytelling and psychology you get, you know, for example, in the Okada Naito series. This was sort of, you know, banging you over the head with it. Look, Osprey's trying all the different finishing moves from these guys who've beaten Okada. But I, I felt that worked. I thought there was a lot of drama in it. And I thought it's, you know, the, another chapter in the story of Okada and Osprey, which is ongoing. I mean, I, I remember writing a Secret Santa. Someone gave me a Secret Santa match. This was would have been in 2018 with the first Osprey-Okada match, the Refro one. And then, so they had that one. And then there was the... I think it was the anniversary match that they had yeah, in I think so, right? yeah. 
2019 maybe or maybe that was 20 it might have been 2018 as well and i was thinking oh well osprey's going to win the third one <laughs> we are in 2022 still waiting for him to win one cleanly because of course the one they won in the the g1 with the great Khan re-debut and interference that one doesn't count so you know we've got this story going on with osprey trying to get a clean win over Okada, this guy who was his mentor, like his older brother, and he's you know trying to prove himself, and I find that really interesting one. And I think sort of New Japan was maybe sort of running low on those sorts of long term stories. So this is one that I'm invested in now, and you know it's quite interesting to see where that feud's going to end up. What will be a suitable payoff for that? You know, is it going to be not this Wrestle Kingdom, maybe the Wrestle Kingdom after that? I think Osprey needs to get the big Tokyo Dome. IWGP World Heavyweight title win over Okada. So I think that's the direction we're going. I don't know when we're going to get it because, you know, as as it is with these New Japan long-term stories, they always hold off about two years later than you think they should. Right. So you think, oh, this is this is the perfect moment for them to pay off this story and then just make you wait and wait and wait. But, I mean, that's obviously the, the direction we're going. We're going to get there at some point. It may not be when we expect it to be, but we'll get there somewhere. But, yeah, I mean, you, you said it in terms of him being one of the best performers of this tournament. And, you know, his resume for this year, you, you remember my bit I did back in 2019 when I was reading off his, reading off his uh, <laughs> yes. scores on Cage Match. Yes. And I got ridiculed for that. Now everyone's doing it, Damon. Is that right? All, all other, you know, the, yeah, Rich is doing it with Voice of Wrestling. And here's the thing with Osprey. You don't have to like him. There's plenty of people, most of them on our Discord, <laughs> who are not keen on Osprey. And, you know, they don't, you know, maybe they don't like the style. Maybe they don't like him personally. That's fine. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say, you have to like his matches and you're an idiot if you don't appreciate them. I understand, you know, art is subjective and people don't have different tastes. But from the sort of the casual fan or the neutral fan in terms of sort of the, the popular opinion, He's he's got to be one of the front runners for rest of the year. Not just New Japan rest of the year, but overall rest of the year. Just his body of work in New Japan and in other companies in the UK, in the US. He is just absolutely killing it. He is on fire at the moment, and not just the quality of matches, but the the sheer quantity of them. You know, he's doing this this back to back with Naito and Okada, and then he's getting on a plane. He's going to do Rev Pro, and then he's off to Dynamite. He's going to be doing this trios tournament. Just the the sheer output is breathtaking. Like, when do you ever see Will Ospreay phone it in right. for a match? You never see T-shirt Will, do you? No. Every time he goes out, no matter who he's against, he's trying to make his opponents look like a star and he is laying it in. I mean, this might be controversial. I think he is one of, maybe the best striker in New Japan at the moment. Just the way he lays in the elbows and the strikes and the kicks. Every single one sounds like his opponent's being cracked in the head with a baseball bat. And his promos are getting better as well. Like there was a really heartfelt one before the after the Naito match and before the Okada match, and then after the Okada match as well. He was really selling how heartbreaking that defeat was, and it 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 was more subtle than he usually does. You know, it wasn't the usual him screaming his head off with his you know foul mouth Essex tirades like he usually does. There was some layers to it and a bit of depth, and so he was going into different gears and tapping into different emotions within the, the Will Ospreay character. And again, you know, people are, they do, they hand wave his promos and they think they're shit. I thought these were really good. And I think he's the total package right now, honestly. Um, it's probably between him and Mox for the rest of the year. In terms of New Japan rest of the year, I mean, Okada was my rest of the year up until this point, but I think Ospreay might have just picked into that. And he's just starting to put everything together, isn't he? He is. And 
it you when you think back to you know best of the super juniors and that uh highly controversial spot with ricochet and everyone fucking hand you know losing their marbles over it um and to where he is now I, i'm not going to sit here and say it's night and day because he was very good then but he does feel more and more complete and you are right like what you, you're not seeing t-shirt will right i mean never like, like he never phones it in. <laughs> um, and that might be, you know, a detriment considering there's only so much the body can take. Uh, yeah. And I thought, you know, all the fans who do hate him and give him a load of stick, he is out there doing that for you. He's doing that for the fans to put on a great show for you. And again, I'm not saying you have to like him, but just at least acknowledge the effort that he puts in. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I, I don't see how you can't. Truthfully, and and if you're honest with yourself, I don't think I don't I don't see how you can. Um, Yeah, he's in his twenties. You know, think about that. You know, and the idea of we we now have a feud and a storyline and a continuation of a storyline that you know when. Tanahashi and Okada rode off into the sunset. That feud, you know that 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 made New Japan as popular as it's ever been. Now we have like something that's in that ballpark, right? A young guy in his twenties. Okada was he like er, very early thirties? Just turned thirty? Am I am I off of that? Low 30s, right? Who, Okada or Will? Okada. Yeah, I think he's maybe 31 or 32. Okay. Watch we look it up. He's 57. (laughs) 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 What? Uh, Oh, no, he's 34. 34. Okay, there you go. See, the problem is, because of the pandemic and the clap crowds, my brain has just frozen everybody's age from January 2020. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. So it's good. I mean, look. He ha- he was my MVP of G1, and G1 is a litmus test to where you're going to land in your end wrestler of the year polls. It really is. That's 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 why it's silly to talk about wrestler of the year until G1. It just is because you know guys just rise above. I think Will was f- outstanding. And I think Will, if 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 everyone's being honest, I think Will's got to be at least in consideration. You have to sit and think and be like, okay, his body of work, his improvements in the ring. Um, he's, to, I'm telling you flat out, you, Empire's my favorite faction. I think I think they're uh, look. He's he's winning. He is winning. Um. In pro wrestling right now. He is winning. And and it says a lot, Damon. He lost this match. He lost right. this tournament final. But he's, seen, he's the big talking point. He's gained so much from it. You know, arguably as much as if he'd actually won the damn thing. And, you know, the, the, the narrative of the Osprey critics has shifted. You know, before it was like, oh, he can't sell or he's spamming moves. Now there seems to be, and again, I'm just going by my Discord, but sort of a grudging respect for the fact, okay, 
that was a really good match. He is a really good wrestler, but I just, you know, he doesn't click with me or I don't like him. So I think that speaks volumes as to how much he's improved. And and I say improved. I mean, he was, I thought he was fucking brilliant in 2019. Right. And now we're in 2022 and he still seems to be getting better. Um, so, I mean, you, you spoke to it, this United Empire popularity and they, and Osprey himself have undergone this face turn, this gradual face turn, judging by the promos, you know, he's not doing really anything heelish in the matches. There's no interference. And they're sort of between a faction now as LIJ sort of shifted into in 2017. And, you know, after the match with Gretel Khan looking all disappointed and Osprey's tweeting out that he feels terrible that he's let let them all down. He is so popular with the, the Japanese fans. Like, I know this is clap crowds, but the Budokan crowd were audibly reacting to, it seemed like every single move yep. Osprey launched. And, you know, our man on the ground says that he, he felt it was about 75% of the crowd in favour of Osprey. A lot of under, uh, United Empire merchandise, a lot of uh, United Empire t-shirts around. So uh, Sue Koteman says, thoughts on where Osprey is headed in New Japan? Like, do you think he could be or will be the guy in future? I mean, I, I suppose I'm looking at Jay White as the anointed Western superstar of New Japan because, you know, he's the guy that was groomed and brought through their dojo and they've been sort of handcrafting his trajectory. But Osprey is looking like he could be a serious player in this company. No doubt. And and we've been saying it for years, how high New Japan is on Will Ospreay. Um, you know, to me, Will Ospreay slides right into that Kota Ibushi spot. Like, at you know, at one point, he was on that fucking mountain. That's Will's spot now. Like, that's, 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 the role he is playing right now. So yes, he is going to be a title holder and a big boy belt holder and in a big feud with arguably the most important new Japan pro wrestler. Yeah. He's, there is going to be plenty of spotlight. Here's the thing. He's only gotten better. The brighter, the spotlight, like the, the more that they put on his shoulders, he still hits home runs. Consistently, I loved. I I'm going to be truthful, and I, I might be just you know goofy pro wrestling fan 101 here. I loved the idea of him panicking and saying, "Okay, I'm going to hit you with finishers that I know have beaten you in the past." Loved it. I loved the idea of it. I loved the the concept of it. I I thought that was. Fantastic! I, I was that was a highlight of the tournament for me. I I thought it was fantastic. I love those little little nuggets and those little things. And ah, I thought that was great. Come on, yeah. And, and something we haven't actually discussed is the fact that he went for the one winged angel, Kenny Omega's finisher, and didn't work. You know, got countered. Arguably, end up costing him the match. So that seems like a, a surefire match down the line. I mean, surely we're going to get Osprey versus Omega at some point. I don't know if that's going to be in Japan. I don't know if that's going to be in the States, but it's happening, isn't it? Right. And here's the thing I like too. So he hits these moves. It's a high fly flow. Okada kicks out. Uh, uh, what's, what's the AJ? Styles clash. Styles clash kicks out. Why? Because it's not his move, <laughs> right? It's not his. He, 
he doesn't know how to do it right or whatever. You know, he's not, he can't master somebody else's finishing move. Love it. Fucking love it. Come on. Get on board with this. This is good fucking shit. Yes. say No, it was good. It's very entertaining. And, I, and again, I can see why some people might think it's a bit cheesy, but it worked for me. I thought it was really, really good. It's very entertaining. Just a, a brilliant match all round. Um, so he's got some stuff coming up very soon in Dynamite. Commando races. when will the United Empire finally get a push? Also, the Osprey and Aussie Open have any chance to win the AEW Trios title? I, don't, I, I guess what everyone's going to be looking at in these brackets is, are we going to get Osprey and Kenny Omega in the ring together? Which you know could happen if, I can't remember, I think it might be Death Triangle that Osprey and Aussie Open are facing next. And I think they're probably going to lose that. But if they do win, which is possible, then yeah, we're looking at the, the Osprey and Omega sharing the ring together. So, you know, whilst I do think Osprey Okada is the long term goal, I think Osprey versus Omega is something that will be seen. I don't know. Within the next twelve months, do you think we're going to see that as a singles match? I would love it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I would love it. Uh, you know, they, they they talk about how they wanted. Forbidden Door to be an annual thing. Um, why not a semi-annual thing? <laughs> uh, I think they would be... That's one match that I really feel like they would be absolutely dumb to leave on the table. Like, they would just... That, that like, that... Joel, they announced that match. I don't, I don't care where it is. Name the fucking arena. It'll sell out. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm confident that will. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think to me, that match is probably one of the most marquee matchups that you could have um, when we're talking about the cross promotion with AEW. Like that to me, that Omega Osprey, that is top of the top of the tier. And I was and I was super excited for Punk Tanahashi. I think I think I think. Hmm. Let me ask you this, and your mind can go wild with it. <clears throat> you do you think that will? And it's it's hard to say. But I, I get it. Do you think Will and uh, Kenny? has the possibility of being just as good or better than Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. Kenny Okada. <laughs> Man, we are, we are it's, fucking it's, loopy today. <laughs> like we're both drunk. It's the kind of match that I think could break Dave Meltzer's scale again. Like, Would it stun you if he went seven and a half stars on that because it would because this is everything that he likes and of course you know that's just his view of what he enjoys in pro wrestling but I could certainly see that being something that really plays into what the you know casual western wrestling fan or the hardcore wrestling western fan for that matter enjoys you know that sort of modern US style you know 100 miles an hour flashy moves big overprone storytelling drama and yeah it, why not I mean, this, there is there is no ceiling on a match like that. No. I think they're just 
I, okay, you want a spicy question? You want to piss some people off, Damon? Yeah, let's Let do me it. ask you this. Is Will Ospreay now better than Kenny Omega is slash was? Hmm. I'm going to say this. Already, I think Osprey's a better promo than him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't like Kenny's promos, to be honest with you. I don't think, I think they're, I don't know, kind of corny, but okay. Um, let's put it this way. There's enough, there's enough body of work and enough data to, to have that conversation. Like, like it's, that's not a preposterous question that you asked for my money. I like will a little bit more. And I think will is a little bit better right now. If you asked me that question, maybe three years ago, four years ago, I probably would have gone the other way. I would have gone with Kenny. Um, boy, but you know what though? Let, let's be honest. Kenny is so Osprey. Osprey now, twenty twenty two Osprey yeah. against Prime Kenny Omega. Like, I no, don't know. Prime what Kenny Omega. Twenty seventeen. Nah. Yeah, twenty seventeen. Twenty eighteen. Yeah, Kenny. Wow. Um. Fuck. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I, I, I'm and I'm. I'm. I'm I don't want to puss out here. Um. If I had to pick one right now, this is tough. That's tough. I would go Kenny Omega. I would go Kenny Omega. Because here's the thing. Still to this day, still to this day, Kenny and Okada is my favorite match of all time. And I think there's... I think Osprey, he's, he's lacking that signature... Match yes. slash series, yes, that will unify the fandom and say this is one of the best matches slash series ever. Yeah, yeah, I think that's still he needs that. I mean, and this match, this these these matches that they've had have been incredible. I just don't know if they've been elevated, and that might be COVID, that might be clap crowd, that might be whatever, whatever. Like if you put these matches, in, you know, in front of rabid fans. Boy, that's that's a conversation. Kenny and Okada hour is my favorite match of all time. Um, so, yeah, I think it's all that uh, I think it's all that Will needs. Honestly, um, both are incredible. Like that, that's a very tough decision. What, what what do you say? I think in terms of ability, like you know, if we're doing you know, like sort of a video game where you're getting all the attributes and giving them a score out of 99 or whatever. I think Osprey is better, but in terms of all the other intangibles and things like, you know, star power and drawing and influence. historic yep. matches and influence, yeah, it, Kenny is ahead. But there is time for that to change. Yeah. And that's not, I mean, I, I, trust me, this, this is not a knock on Kenny Omega at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a, that's, listen, that this is a, this is a good conversation to have. 
like we're living in a time that we can have this conversation. It's pretty good. Yeah, I think that, and I think I think Kenny knows that these conversations are happening. And what an interesting factor that's going to play into when you know hopefully they do eventually have this match. Yeah, you're probably right about that. But here's the thing: like they 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 kind of go back and forth a little bit on on the Twitter, right? They uh... yeah, I mean the pair of them. I, oh, well, I was going to say they've both got massive egos. I mean, Kenny's definitely yes, they probably do. They probably do. They and I should. think Kenny knows that he he can probably see Osprey coming for him. You know, whether you, that's kayfabe wise or whether that's you know, oh, did this you know this this guy is coming after my spot as the best bounce machine in real life or whatever. But I think there's. I don't know. A lot of people are going to think, oh, for fuck's sake, this is the most tedious conversation. I don't think ever, it is. I find it really interesting. Uh, me too. I think, I, think, good shit. I think it's this, this, these are the kind of conversations th- that I enjoy more than this match, this match, this match, this match. You know what I mean? Like the idea and the, and the, 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 the concept of, you know, we have two absolutely outstanding pro wrestlers. Which one's better? You know, that's that, that that's like in sports. It's like, who's better, Jordan or Kobe uh, or Jordan and LeBron or Gretzky and Lemieux or, you know, th- these are the, the conversations that, I don't know, give me a boner. <laughs> Sorry. I love them. So the backstage afterwards, uh, yeah, Osprey, I mentioned that the promo was really, really good. He was just devastating. And David Finley came in. Um, definitely worth checking out. If you haven't seen it already, um, Finley came and challenged him for the US title. And there was, Osprey was trying to push him away, saying, oh, let me have a minute. And Finley's grabbed him by the throat. It was really good stuff. So Finley will be his next challenger, a match that I'm looking forward to. For I thought the match that they had in the D block was very, very good. And yeah, this one should be even better. Um, now, we've spoken a lot about Osprey. We barely talked about the winner of the G1 Climax itself, Kazushka Okada. Uh, so, Inring Art says, um, am I crazy for having a tiny part of me with the lol Okada wins vibe? Uh, June says, I'm biased because Okada's my favourite wrestler, but I don't understand people being upset about him winning the G1. He's the face of the company and they're positioning him as this generation's Antonio Inoki, and he's also one of the best in the world. So, in my mind, it makes sense. Now, I, I do sort of get the feeling... This is not something I can quantify, but that the Japanese fans might be getting a bit bored of Okada, just maybe based on the reactions during the final and when the match actually ended. It feels like it's sort of cyclical with Okada. He goes through and he reaches these peaks where he seems like this sort of unbeatable sort of god, and then people are thinking, oh, okay, you know, I want something different now. And then he has a little slump, and then when he's What's away from the world, get more into him. <laughs> yeah. Right, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do feel that Okada is more interesting as a foil to other wrestlers and their long-term storylines than anything actually interesting happening with the character of Okada himself. Just you know, as we've spoken about with Osprey as this sort of long-term rival for him, I think the Jay White storyline is an interesting one because we've got this tale basically that in terms of Wrestle Kingdoms, Jay cannot get the job done at Wrestle Kingdom when the title's on the line. You know, he can win in those matches where there's nothing on the line, like the Okada singles match at Wrestle Kingdom 13, the Ibushi sort of loser versus loser match on the final night at Wrestle Kingdom 14. But when it comes to big title matches like Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom 12 
or the Naito Intercontinental match with Wrestle Kingdom 14, the Ibushi match with Wrestle Kingdom 15. He, Jay White, he chokes basically in, in the spotlights of the Tokyo Dome when there's a title on the line. So, and again, I think that is a storyline that will be using Kazuchika Okada as a foil. But in terms of Okada himself, like, do you, when he won, were you like, oh God, like, can you see anything interesting that they could do with Okada? Well, yeah. Between now and Wrestle Kingdom or, or for the Wrestle Kingdom main event, like, do you think it's going to be Okada Jay White again? Like, what, what's, what's the best case scenario here? It, it probably will be Jay and, and, and Okada. No, I wasn't upset that he won. Um, and and the crowd response, I, and look, it, it was Will Ospreay in that spot, but I'm going to be honest, it could have been anybody in that spot. Like, if they could perform at that level uh, in that spot, like, they're going to be rooting for the underdog, right? They're going to, they, they want, you know, the, the and, and, and it's not a knock on Okada because it, that could be uh, anybody in that spot. Right, whoever would be positioned in that spot, like they're they're rooting for the underdog. It felt like to me, anyway. So no, I don't know if it was like um, people are sick of Okada. Um, I look, every promotion has a star, and every you know that's that's their top guy. Um, and you know, I I hate to say it, but if like. How do you get through pro wrestling? <laughs> like you can't constantly, 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 constantly have fresh faces, and you can't, and especially with a talent like him. Like we talk about Will, you know, not for nothing. Okada is the best wrestler. You know, let's put it this way: Okada is one of the best wrestlers of our generation, and I would easily put him in top five, right? Maybe even top three. Like th- that that's a guy who's gonna win your G one. You know? And and you're right, I I think Okay, it was great, good. Well, it we're sort of transitioning over from different generations here. I feel like the era of the top guys being Okada, Tanahashi, Naito, Ibushi, Omega, that's past. And now we're sort of moving into the era where it's still Okada, but now we've got guys like Osprey and Jay White. And I think we're, we're waiting for some new names to get added to that mix. And, you know, maybe it's the guys going to come back from excursion. You know, the likes of Shota Umino, who knows? But the fact that Okada is the mainstay of that old era and this new era, I think that sort of transition is where things feel a little bit odd because he doesn't seem to have that big rival to put him on the back foot and keep him interesting as, you know, the guy who's got a chase or the guy who's under threat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing too, though. It's not like he's winning everything all the time. Like we've, we've, you know, we got a world champion. That's Jay White. You know, yes. uh, Okada, you know, won back to back G ones, but okay. That's, that's not a big deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that doesn't bother me. Um, and it was a weird way that he won the, the previous one with Abushi getting hurt. Um, no. I, I, look, um, I, I'm looking forward to his match with Jonah. I'm looking forward to uh, down the line, with which I think we're all waiting for, is Jay and, and Okada. And... Now we got Will in the mix. 
Well, he's always been in the mix. I kind of like it. I, I, I do. And remember, you know, it took Okada, you know, there, that, that one fucking dome where everybody in that building thought Okada was walking away with that title. And he didn't. And he walked out in tears. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a story that they love to tell. So The Kikuchi moments. Kiku- as I like those Kikuchi it. moments. Correct. So uh, let five groove to knit three says, what do you think the possibilities are for Okada's G1 win if he's not going to wrestle the main event of Wrestle Kingdom? Do you think we'll use his victory to cash in a shot of the KFBW crown? <laughs> uh, I don't think that's the case. I mean, I think he said he was not going to defend the briefcase. I think that's what he was getting at. He feels like he is entitled to a, a nailed on ironclad uh, title match at Wrestle Kingdom. I think that's where we're going for it. And again, just based on what I've said before, if it is Okada Jay White, that is the story. The story is, can Jay White actually win a, a title match at Wrestle Kingdom? And I suspect he won't. I, I suspect we may be in for another Okada wins because the bad guy doesn't usually win at the Wrestle Kingdom main event. And I think that could be the catalyst, to, to no pun intended, for Jay White to maybe go on that turn. So I think that's the direction we're heading. Um, Sue Williams, voice of wrestling oh. Sue Williams, says, we know Jay White is defending against Hamatonga coming up. Do you guys have any ideas or guesses as to what the other big title matches will be this year? Not talking pastrami sandwich style ideas, just what you think may happen going into the fall. So, yeah, you mentioned, so uh, if we're looking briefcase defences, Okada versus Jonah could be an interesting one. Jay White, yeah, sure, he'll defend against Tamatonga. Who, I mean, he hasn't lost to anyone else. He didn't lose to anyone else in in the G1, in the block. Mm. So maybe, you know, you cannot rule out Naito <laughs> worming his way into maybe getting Jay to put that on the line. I, I would say there's a non-zero chance of the Wrestle Kingdom main event turning into Okada Naito again. Although I've sort of talked myself into Okada Jay White being the more interesting match, actually, given the, the, the history that I've laid out with Jay White at the Tokyo Dome. Uh, can you see any other defenses or possibilities for Jay White between now and January 4th? Yeah, I mean, you could probably... <sighs> No, I don't. <laughs> like I, I actually like all. No, my thought was my, all my all my my possibilities would be post Wrestle Kingdom. You know, it, it's it's almost September. Just FYI, I mean, the dome is going to be here before you know it. The dome is going to be here before you fucking know it. Hmm. So, and plus we have World Tag League. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know where they would squeeze that in maybe again maybe a rev pro show you know maybe an aew show but i doubt it yeah and now sort of fleshing out this idea jay white loses at wrestle kingdom and that can precipitate the jay white evil feud which you know we've been waiting for years and years for maybe he gets booted out of bullet club you know and, oh you you always bottle it in the big matches you're not fit to be our leader blah 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 blah. but anyway i'm i'm da- veering dangerously into fantasy booking territory uh well keys uh, speaking of the final night says where was the angle so yeah you know we are usually accustomed to getting a big dramatic angle out of nowhere on the g1 finals but we didn't get one here we got you know, Tanahashi is going to be challenging Machine Gun Carl Anderson for that never title. Kushida is going to challenge Ishimori for the junior title. I mean, Kushida, he's, he feels very cold. Oh, my God, yes. He? Yep. I forgot he was even there. I swear, I forgot he was even there uh, until he came came out in that little six-man. Like, I was just like, oh, yeah, Kushida. Uh, yeah. He needs a fresh coat of paint, doesn't he? 
I think, look, I, I don't think that's off the table. I really don't. Um, but yeah, I, 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 they've done nothing with them. <laughs> like, it just feels like, like, I don't know. I, I just don't like, I'm not amped up. I, I'm not as amped up as I would have been. Like, if you told me, okay, Kushida's coming in. Well, you, I mean, everybody knew, let's put it that way. <laughs> I was, I was amped up and I think the steam is let out of the bag. Is that what I want to say? It's not, not, it's very cold. Yes, like a bag of microwave popcorn mm. that's been left out for too long. <laughs> uh, now, speaking of Carl Anderson, at Unknown Untold says, between openly stating that he half asses it on impact and not having the title belt at the G1 final, how strong is the case for Carl Anderson as the worst never openweight champion of all time? Mm. Harry says, have you seen the Reddit post suggesting Carl Anderson may have either lost the never openweight title or left it in America since the one he was parading around was actually one of the six-man belts? Uh, I, d- I find that extremely funny and extremely on brand for Carl Anderson. But yeah, I forgot about him. I forgot he was the never openweight champion, and I'm still scratching my head as to why that was the case. I don't see why you could not have done the the Tamatonga storyline and his push and elevation of the Jay White win with him being never openweight champion. I don't know why they took it off him, but I don't know. There you go, Carl Anderson. Yeah, I mean that. Don't I don't know. I don't know where, where the benefit is in that one, but. Um, hopefully it's a quick, <laughs> a quick rain. But yeah, I did notice that he was, wasn't wearing the, uh, never open weight championship. Um, I don't know if you forgot it, but that happens more often than not, uh, than, than people know, like people losing titles and having to use other belts in, in, in place. So, uh, I do remember there was one, uh, it was, a, I think it was a G1 block match in 2018, with, uh, or maybe it was 27, I can't remember, where Kenny Omega <laughs> came out. He was the US champion at the time and didn't have the belt. And he made his entrance. He's in the corner waiting for his opponent to come out. And the camera's just sort of lingering on him. And then he turns to the camera and goes, I forgot the belt. Jesus Christ. They're going to be real mad at me. <laughs> and I found that very funny. So it's people losing and forgetting title belts. I don't know why that just tickles me. But uh, I've heard there more, you go. I've heard more wrestlers complain about being a champion and having to lug around the fucking belt. Um, Imagine having to lug around one of those trophies, like the G1 trophy or the Best of the Super Juniors trophy. That must be even worse. I'm sure that, like, in that, in those cases, like, he's just dropping it off in the back and then they have a crew and they put it in a box and blah, blah, blah. But, like, the, the titles, like, I forget where I heard. It might have been Crockett Promotions. It might have been, but they would have two belts, like, like, just in case. Like, they would have a belt that, you know, the guy who was the champion had, and then they had one as a backup just in case, you know, if somebody gets drunk at a fucking bar and leaves it there. Didn't Jericho do that? He left it in an Applebee's or some shit like that. The AEW title, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so it happens all the time. That was part of the law. Yeah. It's part of the history and the prestige. Yes. Got um, all right. Let's talk about the, uh, the, the, sorry to move us on, but the semifinals of the G1 Climax, there was the Osprey, Actually, let me get it up so I can get the timing of this because I want to talk about the Osprey-Naito match, which I thought that was like a big protected match. I thought they were holding on to that one. So I was surprised they gave it away for a semifinal on 24 hours notice with very little build and that it did such a shitty number in the building, to be honest. But the match itself, 20 minutes, 23 seconds, one of the best 20-minute matches I've ever seen. Like It was just balls-to-the-wall action. And, you know, Naito... He, 
I don't know what, what the future holds for Naito. We've got questions on this, actually. Mark says, where does Naito go from here? Jarrow Burt says, where does Naito go from here? They told the story of this possibly being his final chance to main event Wrestle Kingdom and with them eliminating the two-night format. It's hard to see him making it any other way. Um, so, yeah, what did you think of Naito versus Osprey? And another question here, Mikey says, what's Naito doing at Wrestle Kingdom? Could you both please come up with something cool? I'm still pretty bummed. So yeah, Damon, please talk to us a little bit about the match and what you think the future holds for Naito. Love the match. Was generally surprised um, that Will went over. Uh, and, and here's the thing. I don't know of another... Aside from Kenny Omega questions that we used to constantly get, I don't know of another question that we get more than over the years <laughs> of... What's going on with Naito? What are they going to do with Naito? You know, like, that's because I don't know of a guy as popular as him that does seem to get the short end of the stick. The guy has had multiple heavyweight championship reigns that have been uneventful. Snake bit. Snake bit. Uh, well, the second one was. I mean, I, th- here's the thing: like he, with the first one, like uh, up, but sort of between the rescuing twelve and rescuing fourteen periods, you knew. I, I think there was faith that he would get that moment. It was just when it was going to be. But now he's already had that big moment in that reign. But the Naito fans, you know, myself included, would love to see him get another one, just because the way COVID sort of fucked the first one. That there is enough, like, realistic tension there where. I don't know if this is something they're just teasing Naito fans and going to try and drag that out and actually deliver another big moment for him. But are people going to care? Just, he's done as a, or if he's just done as a tippy top guy now, it, are they looking at him thinking, you know, he's you know sliding into the, the Tanahashi role or the Gotta role or whatever, where he's not going to be winning any more big titles? So I think now that there's genuine doubt about that, that makes it even more interesting. And it makes me want to cheer for him even more, actually. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I worry about the opposite happening, though, in the sense of, okay, he's he turns into Goto. And it's just like people just like, okay, I like the guy, but he ain't winning. Right? And, and nobody wants that. Um, I still think he has another reign in him. I, 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 I do. I mean, health concerns aside, right? I, I think he has another reign in him. Um, I think, so just to jump in, his wonky knees added a little frisson of danger and excitement to that Osprey match where, you know, when it's Osprey on Okada, you know everything's going to be executed flawlessly. But when it's Osprey, Naito, and I think Naito's like one of the best wrestlers on the planet, but you, you never know, you know, when he's going for those big sequences, you think, you know, is his yeah. one of his knees going to buckle? Is it all going to fall apart here? And that sort of sense of, uh, <laughs> of danger sort of added to the match for me. I think that's what made it more compelling. I think it's well, a lot of his matches and just his style and the way that he... Um, works in a ring like it, it is. It does feel different. I thought I heard, but maybe it was Osprey who said it. Like you know, just he's so different in the way that he moves, and it's true. Um, I don't think I. I just can't imagine them having such a valuable piece and not being able to fully deliver on it. Like I just feel like that. That's a, that's a big waste. In the same breath, again, how many times can you go to the well with him? I don't know. I think he's got another one in him, though. 
I really do. I, I mean, not for nothing, we were talking about him winning G1 and going on to fucking Wrestle Kingdom this year. And I don't even think that's off the table. Trust me. You, I want to be surprised if one fucking show he walks out there with a microphone and says, hey, by the way, it's now a triple threat and I'm in it. Oh, yay. You know what I mean? Like, I, that, like that's... He's, he's adding in an extra half night of Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Midnight on January 4th. Right. This is sort of halfway between <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom and New Year Dash. Yeah. It's going to be Wrestle Kingdom Night 1.5. Right. Uh, they'll have it at Lawson's. <laughs> between TGI Fridays. <laughs> it's a big, that's a big TGI Fridays. I can put people on there. Um, and I also am very excited by the idea of, of New Year Dash. Like, that's always a fun show. Uh, you never know what you're going to get. It is a hodgepodge of shit. And, you know, some years you get some really cool angles. Other years, all right, you're, you're kind of waiting for that angle and it doesn't really come to pass. But I think this year, I think this year might be one of the more crazy uh, New Year dashes in recent memory. If, if from what we hear, um, you know, AEW's involvement in Wrestle Kingdom. You want an early prediction of New Year dash? How about... The newly crowned Kazuchika Okada getting challenged by Shota Umino Ooh. in a parallel of the uh, post Wrestle Kingdom 6 Tanahashi Okada Rainmaker show. Wow, look at you. Okay. That'd be fun. I'll be down for that. I don't think anybody would complain with that at all. Nice. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be fun. Right. That's, that, that's a good call with one show. Very good call and, and Dash being back. So the other semi-final was uh, Okada defeating Tamatonga, 90 minutes, 8 seconds. So let's talk a bit about Tamatonga now that the, the book is closed on this G1 and his ascent. Um, again, he's another guy whose promos have been fucking tremendous. I don't know if you saw the one he had after he beat Jay White, which very sort of quiet, underspoken, um, subtle promo where he was basically thanking Jay White for pushing him off the cliff yeah. so that he could fly. And again, I said on Twitter, there was something very Jake Roberts about it. And he has just come on leaps and bounds. I thought he had a tremendous G1. I was surprised, but not stunned that he beat Jay White because, well, I think that it made sense of the story. And obviously we're going to see him getting his title shot at some point. Fans love him. I think he is a runaway success for this distinguished baby face Bruce is getting. Uh, Aaron Mather says, will we ever see Tama Tonga in a G1 final? I mean, I don't know if I would go that far. I wouldn't rule it out, actually, because I, I just want to see what the ceiling is on this Tama Tonga baby face singles run when we get proper crowds, because I want to hear how much do these fans actually love this guy. Yeah, he, he was a pleasant surprise. I don't know if I was in love with the... Uh, um, the uh, Okada match. I don't know if I was in love with that, but I think overall he's had a real good G1. I, I, I think he was a pleasant surprise. I'm not going to go so far as to be like, you know, he's deserves to be in a final. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going that far, um, but he was fine. He was good. I, yeah, but there were yeah, lots of other guys. A good spot for him. Yeah, there was lots of other guys that I thought had better ones, better G ones. But yeah, I think he came, he came through when he had to come through. He can't, you know what the fuck I'm trying to say? Mush your mouth over here. <laughs> uh, a few other guys I want to touch on. Uh, Juice Robinson. 
I felt he was kind of jobbed out in this tournament. He, you know, came back with this big heel thing and won the US title. And I thought, wow, you know, he's getting a big push. And he ended up, I think, with only four points in the block, I want to say. And he just does not feel like a serious threat anymore. Um, Antonio, again, he says, who had this idea that new Bullet Club Juice Robinson was Geno or Dick Togo? Could you guys give the scoop? I wish we knew stuff like that. Right. <laughs> These guys are telling us who's coming up with his creative ideas. Um, but yeah, I'm also enjoying the gimmick. I think Rock Hard Juice Robinson is very entertaining. I'm enjoying the promos. I'm enjoying the character work that he's do- in doing. But I'm just very surprised. It feels like he sort of pissed someone off backstage for the, the way that he's been booked so far. Yeah, I'm not feeling. I'm not feeling it. Like, truth be told, I, like I'm not a huge fan of just the excessive cursing. <laughs> like, just come on, and and, and that's coming from me, <laughs> right? Um. G1, point-wise, obviously disappointing. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I just... There was a lot of effort put into that turn, it felt like. And then, I don't know, it's like they forgot about it. (laughs) And, you know, the the biggest thing that he's done so far is, you know, grand larceny. (laughs) Stealing a belt. Okay. Uh, It's hard for me to get excited about that. Like there's been, there's really been nothing for me to, to, to get excited or anyone to get excited with. Um, he's, he, he feels like, like talk about a guy who feels like he's lost in the shuffle. Like, I, I mean, he's lost. And now he's in bullet club with 500 other members. Like, like he's, he's prime time. Get lost in the shuffle. I'm sorry. That's, that's where he is right now. couple of other guys I want to touch on. Uh, briefly, Evil. So Aramitha says, I've really enjoyed House of Torture and Evil this G1, but do you agree Evil no longer feels like a threat to win the G1 or the top belt? So I think he's been very entertaining and sort of House of Torture. I've, I've been talking about it on length. I think they've slid into a sweet spot. But one, do you agree? And two, do you think that is a problem in as much as he doesn't, he sort of lost credibility as a threat? Does he need to be a guy who occasionally needs to get a big win or win a tournament, or get to a tournament final, or get a title shot, so that you can he can sort of remind fans, no, this is a guy who is a threat in this division. I mean, let's be honest. Was he really ever? I, I like everybody was up in arms. This is a former double champion. David, I understand, you. and everybody was like, "Why him?" Like, why him? That was the biggest problem. He needs another run. He needs a second <laughs> reign, David. You think so? I, People have forgotten. <laughs> no, no, we don't need that. Uh, look, it, what our, our biggest concerns were, were House of Torture being high up in the card and having the bullshit just take away from sweet spots on their shows. It's not nothing more, nothing less. Um, I don't think. And he's been so good that we've lurched in the other direction <laughs> and people are demanding that he starts winning big matches. Um, look, I, I'm still waiting for the, the Bullet Club stuff. Like, that's where I see him fitting in with the, yeah. the Civil War stuff. So he'll be busy and he'll be front and center in that. He'll be a main cog in that wheel, but like a, a heavyweight title shot or or even a reign? Nah, 
I hope not. I mean, nobody expected the first one, but I, I, I can't see that. I, they're fine where they are. We don't, we don't need it going any higher on the card. Yeah, if it does play out like I have outlined earlier, where we do get the JY Evil feud sometime next year, I think that's where we can sort of take his character and his story to the next level, maybe start doing some interesting things with it. But for now, I'm happy. I think everyone is happy with where he and House of Torture are sitting. So let's not rock that boat. Yeah. Uh, Palm says, What was the average time it took Tai Chi to remove the pants each match? Historically, how does that line up? <laughs> does this foretell anything going <laughs> forward? I, go, I just want to take this chance to throw some flowers at Tai Chi because I think he was and is low-key one of the the best G1 performers in terms of sort of night after night, a guy you can rely on to go out there and have hard-hitting, high-effort performances and l- elevate people who are not as good as him to superior matches, having matches that are more than the sum of their parts. And he doesn't really get the love or the appreciation that I think he deserves. Uh, I think it's fair. Um, it's... It... <laughs> He's not going to win the block, though, right? Like he's not at that level, no. right? And he's, you know, he's he's in that middle ground, you know, five hundred guy in in a tournament like that. That's fine. Somebody, people have to do it. Um, yeah, like he's not. I know I say it a lot, but like the idea of him being the the same guy that he was five years ago. Uh, I mean, you're just not watching the product. That's that's the only thing I could say. You're not watching because he's <laughs> he's been good for years now. Um, he had a good he had a good G one. He had a good G one. I don't know if <sighs> is he in your top five. He's not in my top five. See, I don't know. I don't do the spreadsheets where I do sort of calculations of what the average star rating is. I don't do all that shit. I comfortably in the top 10. Oh, what's that? That's, that's too geeky for you? <laughs> <laughs> fine. Yes, he's in my top five. It's, Fuck you. It's Chad Joel all of a sudden here. Oh, nerds. Uh, no, it's not It's not that I think that's beneath me. I'm just too stupid to do that. And lazy. <laughs> me too. I don't have to do Excel. I just think at it. Um, so I don't do star ratings. I can't count up that high. That's a good point too. That's a good point too. Uh, People getting into fractions. I don't even know what fractions are. They frighten me. Me too. Percentages frighten me. Percentages. <sighs> yeah. I don't like math at all. Right. <laughs> uh, next question. Uh, Bash says, who do you think did best from the newcomers in the G1? And what did you think of Badu, Tito, and Royce Isaacs? Do you think they get into next year's tournament at all? No. And Frank says, who do you think made the most impact from the new G1 entrance? Has to be Jonah. He established himself as a monster. He brings something different. What do you think the plans for Jonah will be? Also, shout out to Lance Archer and Filthy Tom. Both are over and we need more. So, yeah, I thought, I mean, Tito and Isaacs were fantastic in their roles as sort of the backup, you know, the 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 tag partner and the guy in the, cheering them on in the corner. I don't think they will be in next year's tournament. But again, I have, I've been saying it for months and months and months. Don't sleep on Royce Isaacs. I think he has got an interesting future ahead of him. Um, in terms of the newcomers, yeah, I mean, Jonah definitely, he got that, that moment and that win over Okada. But I think ELP is a guy that I thought made the most of his opportunity personally. And now he looks like he's feeling perfectly at home amongst the heavyweights. And I'm very excited to see what the next 12 months look like for ELP. So uh, what about you? Who stood out the most to you for the newcomers? Hmm. Uh, probably Hanare. 
you know, getting that big win over Tanahashi, that's that's a nice little feather in the cap. Uh, I thought he had a, a, a very good, like he is, I felt like, like this was a, a time where he established himself. I thought Lance, Lance Archer was really good. I mean, I know it's not a newbie, but. Not a newcomer. Sorry. Not the question asked, Damon. <laughs> sorry. But I did like him. Um, Filthy Tom was good. Uh, ELP How was good with his promos. Very emotional. I, I wasn't expecting that from him. No. No, me neither. Um, Jonah, I thought did very well. I like I like that tag team. I I, I think we'll see them in in tag league. Um, those that's it for the new guys, right? Am I missing anybody? I don't think so. But I like I think uh, Finley. How do you think Finley did? Okay, good, fine. Like not bad. Like I, like nobody was bad. Um, solid, solid. I think Hanari was my favorite of all of them, though. Uh, let's talk Lance Archer. Johnny says, "Do you think New Japan is trying to send a message to AW talent that the grass might be greener on their side?" Lance seems super happy with his run there. And yeah, I said um, on Twitter that that block finally had with Okada, even though he lost, that felt to me like a sort of a celebration of Lance Archer. And yeah, like a clarion call to Tony Khan and the AW locker room. Look, if you come over here and work this tournament, we're, you're going to be a big deal. You know, you're going to look like a star. You're going to get big wins. You're going to get big spots. And now I'm wondering if, you know, Lance Archer wouldn't maybe be happier sticking around in Japan and working more New Japan days next year. And yeah, I think certainly the way they booked Lance Archer in this tournament can only be a good thing and sort of appealing to other AEW people who are considering making the trip for next year's tournament. Yes. That being said, more eyeballs are going to be on him on AEW than New Japan. Um, even, even during G1. So yes, he will get treated well. He had been treated well. Uh, and anybody who decides to do the tournament is going to be treated well, I would think. Again, that being said, when he, when when people were leaving New Japan and going to AEW, one of the things we said was, one, they're in the States, and, and that's, that is a big deal to be able to fly home um, and spend more time at home. Like, those tours... That that is a fucking commitment. Like I, to me, especially the older guys, like they got families and shit. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's their job, mind you. But you're away for a month, Joel. You know what that's like going on vacation for a month. <laughs> yeah, it's the opposite for me. Being away from my podcast for a month—that was really difficult. <laughs> I know. I'm sure you were dreading it all of it. Um, Lance, I think if you asked him, he would he would go. And again, I'm I'm speculating what he would think, but I think he would go. But if he had a choice, he would stay AEW, like as much as he could. It's just easier, you know. And again, easier and and if in the pro wrestling world, more eyeballs are going to be on him on TBS than on New Japan World. 
How do you feel about the four block format now that we've reached the end of it? I, I think, I hope that they don't bring it back. I felt, I felt very disconnected from this tournament um, at certain points. I felt very disconnected from it um, a lot. And it was weird in the sense that I it, it, like there was no momentum for these shows, like and matches and I don't know. I just I don't I don't know. And again, we're saving bodies and we're saving injuries and all that stuff. But like I kind of missed the idea of more matches and more matchups. And I'm, I'm I gotta be honest with you, I wasn't a fan of it. I wasn't a fan of this format. I think there was. Again, it was tough to get momentum. I think we were we were missing out on more matches, different opponents, um, and I hate I hated the spacing of it, pacing of it. Not a fan. Not a fan of it. I think it worked towards the end. I actually really enjoyed that final block night where we had the two D matches and the two C matches, the two B matches and the two A matches, where hmm. each had their little self-contained narrative. A bit like, you know, if you've watched an international football tournament, the way the sort of group stages wrap up with that. So, again, I agree with you that the sort of the way it was disjointed and the uneven scheduling was a problem. And it felt more like watching, I don't know, like New Japan Cup shows rather than G1 shows. I think they could remedy that by just adding an extra guy to each block and having 32, like four blocks of eight rather than four blocks of seven. So then you can have single block nights. You could have... You know, an A block night where you're getting four block matches. And I think that would remedy a lot of the problems because I, you know, gun to my head, I suspect they're going to stick with it just because, you know, they've got all these guys on their books and you know, this this is what New Japan are doing now. It's just more content. Uh, but I think that might go some way to remedying a lot of the issues with the sort of disjointed scheduling of it. Uh, let's talk about the guest hosting. So Lawrence, who, uh, funny enough, was a guest host for the Super J cast last year, says out of all of Kevin Kelly's guest commentators, which did you guys like best and why was it Jonah? Uh, Louis says there are a lot of guest English commentators this G1. Who was you guys' favourite? Would you like to see them back, if possible, during upcoming shows? So anyone stand out to you, Damon, for the guest commentary? Jonah was good. I thought David Finley was good. Um, I mean... ELP, I thought he was very, very good. ELP is always good. Yep. Um, I, I, I don't mind it when it's a two-man booth. Um, I don't, I don't like it if it's a three man booth, like I'm not a fan of, so I wouldn't want another person to join Chris and, and, uh, Kevin. Um, but when needed, I think it's, a, I think it's a good idea. I thought they did well. I don't, I don't, we had no Lanny Poffo moments that I can think of. So I think we did all right. Right. Yeah, I think, you know, when they, they have those shows outside of Tokyo where Chris Chan's not able to make it due to his uh, work commitments, I think, yeah, absolutely fine. And I like the variety of it. I like the fact that they had different people each night. Actually, I thought Lance Archer yeah. was really good. That's another one. Uh, very, very different to the sort of in-ring persona that we're used to. Uh, just, you know, being a real sort of wrestler's insight into things and very sort of softly spoken, surprisingly so. And I just enjoyed him. He was just really getting into some of the matches. Like he was getting into Great O'Connor, sort of chuckling at some of his spots. And yeah, it was, it was very entertaining having lots of commentary. So he's someone I would like to see back. 
Uh, Andrew says, who's most likely to lose their G1 spots next year? Uh, Daryl says, the G1 rookies were some of the best about this year's tourney. So let's try to get some more first times in next year. So who needs to retire mm. from the G1 moving forward to make space? Well, So who is on the chopping block for you? I can't believe I'm saying this, but Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, he, I mean, wasn't there a lot of talk about him not being in this one? let alone the next one. Um, yes, yeah, so it was Joe Lanza had some uh, insight on that before the tournament even started. Yeah. So, I mean, given his point production, I don't know. We'll see. Um, who else would I cut? Fale. Fale does not need to be in G1. Fale, Fale Ujiro, yep. Yano, Yano. Easy cuts for me. It's not saying I think they will be gone, but that's who I cut straight off the bat. Right. I'm totally okay not seeing Folly in there. Totally okay. That's it. I guess it depends on the numbers, really. If, we, if we're going back down to 20, then there's some you know difficult decisions to be made in terms of that. And that would really be, to, again, no pun intended, elite if we're getting just 20 guys cutting it down. Even if we're not bringing in outsiders, that would just be... And again, I quite like that for the G1, that being the cream of the crop. These are the 20 best wrestlers in the company slash the world. And I hope we do go back to that format, but I, I do suspect we're keeping the, the four blocks going forward. Yeah. Keep in mind, people uh, got people got to lose too, though. Right. People got to lose. Yes. Yeah. So that's true. So you, you are going to get some bottom feeders in there just so we can make the points work for the people who were, uh, were, were getting to the finals. And that's where rock hard juice Robinson fits in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Aspir says, follow up. Who do you think is most likely to gain a G1 spot next year? Since the DJ is, is not an option now. So I don't know if you saw this Carl Fredericks thing. So again, this is Joe talking about this on voice of wrestling that apparently Carl Fredericks was due to get a big redebuting angle at Budokan hall on these G1 final shows where he was going to show up and get embroiled in a big long-term feud with house of torture. That would be paying off at the Tokyo dome. And he's just fucked himself out of that by mouthing off on Twitter, which is sad. I mean, I don't take any joy in that. I think it's a it's a big wasted opportunity, and that's something I would have liked to have seen. Yeah, I don't know. Where, I don't. I don't know where that went south, but and I don't know. Who, I, I said last week. I don't know who's the blame, um, or if there is a blame, but it does seem like on both ends, it's such a, a wasted opportunity. A wasted opportunity. Um, you know, not everyone has it happen immediately. Sometimes it is a slow burn. I mean, not for nothing. Look at a guy like Hanare. Um, look at a guy like David Finley. Look at a guy like Juice. Look at a guy, you know, it's a slow burn. Um, show, yo. Um, so it, you kind of feel like you, you knew what you're getting yourself into here, right? Um, but maybe promises were made and promises weren't kept and relationship communication sours and then it goes to fucking right down the toilet. So it is, it is like, I'm not going to say who's right and who's wrong. Cause I don't know, but it does seem like a fucking wasted opportunity here. In terms of new additions, just off the top of my head, Fred Rosser, I think would be interesting. Um, some of those returning new young lines, you know, we've got to eventually make space for guys like Shota Umino, Yotosuji, Yuyo Uemura, yeah. Ren Narita is a guy who I think is on the verge of a return. 
Any uh, Anyone else that you think you would like to include next year who thus has not been? That are that are more New Japan-centric, like, you know, not, not counting. Or outsiders, anyone outsiders that you... I think we will. Think? Look, I think, you know, we've been saying it for a while now, and I think the Dome, you know, AEW's involvement there, and even Ring of Honor stuff, um, I think there'll be more in more outsiders in the next year. I do. Now that we've reached the end of the G1 and the G1 talk, let's have a quiet moment of reflection for all all the friends of the show, Damon, who have come to that to terms with the the hard truth, the difficult realization that maybe they actually don't like New Japan modern day iteration of New Japan, what it is in 2022, and should stop watching it and writing about it. I, I mean this with all sincerity. Like Life is too short to force yourself to do things that you don't want to do. And uh, more importantly, I was right, so there. Okay, let's <laughs> move on. Now, you're talking slow burns, Damon. Uh, Daryl has a question for you. Oh. How has that posh toaster you were bragging about been treating you? Are you satisfied with your purchase, or are you having some regrets? And there's a follow-up tweet to this with a toaster that I would like you to have a look at. So oh, please. please have a look at that tweet and talk to us about your toaster to wrap up this week's episode. I have no new updates on the toaster because we haven't used it yet. So we're still in kitchen remodel mode. Uh, and once that's done, we will be able to utilize and use said uh Toaster. This is not the toaster that uh, I have purchased. This Mitsubishi uh, single slice wood grain. This is not. It, it looks nice. I don't know about the single slice though. That seems like I need two uh, two slots. You know what I mean? Um, no, but the, uh, it's sitting in a box. It has not been opened. We do have it in the house. Uh, has not been used. Uh, but as soon as I do, I will. You know, I'm I'm, I'm fucking it. Texting you. <laughs> Look at I this. want a review. I want that. I want the, the podcast opening with you doing a live toast eating, <laughs> talking <laughs> us, talking to us about your brilliant new toaster. I I will absolutely do that. I can't wait. We're we're in the home stretch with the kitchen. The floors are down. Uh, I think he, Steve's coming over either later today or maybe tomorrow to move stuff back in, like the dishwasher and the stove. Oh, my Lord. How great. Finally have a kitchen. It sucks. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll see. All right. Uh, we're done, right? We're good? We're good. Oh, I love it. All right. Well, listen. Wrap it up, shall you? Redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash J dash cast. Throw some money our way. That money can go towards Editor Dan getting the tickets for Royal Quest 2 that he so richly deserves. Discord link, you can send me a direct message on Twitter if you would like to join up with that. At Cobra Kawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast, one of our shirts. I was uh, sharing some holiday photos of my time in England with my new students then. So I started school again, new class. One of them spotted the SuperJCast t-shirt and said, oh, Mr. Joe, how come you've got a t-shirt with your name on it? <laughs> and I panicked. I was just like, <laughs> went to the next photo. I was just like... But I can't, can't have this again because if they say Super J cast, what's that? And start Googling it, then I'm in trouble. So I was Uh-oh. just like, ah, oh, friend bought it for me for my birthday. Yeah. Next, moving on. All right, but it's a joke. It's just like a joke. Right. <laughs> it's like that Sopranos, you know, when uh, Vito gets uh, in the, the gay club dressed as the, like the leather daddy. It's a joke. Right, it's right, just a joke. Right, Come on. Right. <laughs> uh, there we go. A big thank you to Editor Dan. So you can find him on Twitter at LousyHero219. 
subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Other great shows, give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the Super Jcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and goodbye. <laughs>